drinks and a show my name's cassie this is a podcast where i discuss the plot of a musical with a guest who has not seen it and by the end of it hopefully they've enjoyed themselves and the story and and now really like musicals just as a whole today's show is a gentleman's guide to love and murder and my guest today is my dad who does like to be called bob this was recorded actually in person because we are now recently able to actually do that don't mind all the background noise. Let's get into it. Hello, Bob, and welcome to Drink Center Show. Hello, Cassandra. How are you? I'm going good. That's great. It's very happy to be here. That's good. I'm excited that I can actually do a podcast in person. Okay, so this is the first time you've actually had someone in your uh, studio. Yes. Oh, that's great. What do you think of the studio? Well, I'm quite impressed with it. From what I've been hearing, because I have listened to your podcasts before, I really thought it would be a small, little, dingy little uh, studio, but this is this is sort of blowing my mind. It's massive, and I would recommend anybody, whoever comes in to you know, do a podcast with you, come and see what you've done, the gold records, the statues, yeah. the posters of, of all the shows I'm guessing. You've, you've actually probably seen all of those, haven't you? Yes. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, very impressed. Thank You've you. done a very good job in the short time you've been running this podcast. Thank you. And do you like the scent of the wax we've got burning? Well, the watermelon scent. It's a nice little touch in the room, isn't it? Yes. You know, I don't know whether I do like it or if I want to eat it. It has that sort of smell and flavour about it. That's exactly. <laughs> when I was like, oh, I know, maybe just a little bite. Well, just to, <laughs> but I don't know if I'd go first. <laughs> I'm sure I'd have somebody else, you know. Um, I believe that scent comes from Grace and Glow. I I think you're correct. It's Grace and Glow. Soy wax melts. Yeah. Uh, I heard that she has had to grow her own watermelons in the backyard to get this scent, but she's now produced it. And you can go to www.graceandglow.com.au. All right, cool. So let the listeners know what we're drinking. Well, today I'm having whiskey and rye. Yeah. I've had put a little bit of water in it. Yeah. Because I do have to drive a little bit later on this afternoon. I am having a margarita. A margarita, okay. Yes. A bit, um, a bit of tropical drink there. Yeah, for those who know me know I love tequila. Well, doing shots of it at least. And I might not love it, but I always love the idea of it. As I'm always the one to suggest it. Yeah, nothing like starting the evening off with a couple of shots, is it? <laughs> Starting. That's how I end it. <laughs> okay, so it's just a long shot night. Yeah. All right. So let us know how you feel about musicals. I would say I have seen one musical in my whole life. It was uh, back at the Athens Inn down in Melbourne in about 1978, maybe, and it was about uh, the Rudd family. So that's a musical you've seen in person. What about movie musicals? Well, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Love it. That'd be my favourite one that I've seen on the movies. I have seen Grease. I have not been a fan of it. Uh, I have never really... I've seen bits and pieces of Saturday Night Fever, but I would never say I've actually sat through the whole film. Yeah, it never got to me. And John Travolta never grabbed me as a person that I think could hold a movie together. Is that why you don't like Grease? Could be, yes. Now that now that you've brought it up, yeah, the, there is something similar about the two of them. John Travolta. Yeah. Yes, well. <laughs> well, Saturday yeah. Night Fever was before Grease, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah. That, that's the show after he was on a show called Welcome Back, Connor, or something like that. Yes. <laughs> but in that, he was good. But then he became into this other character, and it just never grabbed me. So tonight, what are we, what are we going to review? Well, what are you going to titillate me with? Something sensational, something that I will absolutely want to go and see. I hope so. Okay. <laughs> okay, so today's show is called A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Now, I'm guessing, if I can just yeah, preempt what's going on, it's about a gentleman who loves murder. 
And I forgot what the other G's for. Guide. A guide. So who's going to guide the gentleman to love and murder? So is it about a person's life? Yes. So from cradle to grave? No. Not quite? No. The murder's not him? No. He murders somebody else? Okay. I so now, <laughs> now, I get, now I get the gist of it. And it is an actual gentleman? He is a gentleman. So we're talking about English? Yes. English race gentleman type thing? Okay. Okay. Right. I'm into it now. Nice, nice. So I'll tell you what the whole story is based on. So it's based on a 1907 novel which is titled Israel Rank, the Autobiography of a Criminal, and that's written by Roy Horniman. <laughs> so it was written by Robert Friedman, and the music was by Stephen Lutbath. Rob wrote the screenplay for the TV movie Cinderella, the Rodgers and Hammerstein one, and also the TV movie Life with Judy Garland, Me in My Shadows. Okay. Um, Stephen Lutbath, so the guy who did the music... Actually, his debut on Broadway was this show. Okay. Um, but he's also written his own music and has done music and scores for other shows and stuff like that. But this was his big coming onto the scene. The show itself premiered in Connecticut in 2012. And then it's made its way to San Diego in March 2013. Okay, so 103 years later, After... 105 years later, they decided to do a show. Yes. Wow. Well, did you get my Spring Awakening one? That was 1800. Yeah. <laughs> People are just waiting for the copyright to run out so they can just use it for <laughs> so it's free. free. <laughs> yeah, is that what it is? So it was in San Diego in March 2013. Then November that year went to Broadway. And then it closed in 2016 at the start. Okay. And also it was actually in Melbourne in 2018. Okay, so it didn't actually close down. It then went out on a world tour. It still did. Um, well, it, that one wasn't the touring company that came to Melbourne because it's just a Melbourne theatre company. Um, but they did do, like, a national tour around the States. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was good. Was it? I don't know. Was it a good play? We're about to get into it. I want to get into this because I want to know what a gentleman's doing. Okay. So, let's get into A-G-G-T-L-A-M. A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Um, I should also note that in the productions, all the members of the Dysquith family is played by the one actor. We start off... In 1909. Okay, two years after the book. Mm -hmm. So, 1909. So, we're in 1909 and we have Monty, who is writing his memoir to give a factual story of his life, which he will call A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Okay. That's the name of the movie. Yeah, so this is all about Monty's life. Yes. Oh, well done, Monty. Yeah. I think. So, we're here in 1909. Okay, now let's flash back to 1907. Okay, two years before he started writing his... Memoir. Memoirs. Yeah, so yes. you know how you asked if it was cradle to death? No, it's 1907 to 1909. Two years of his life, this story's about. Yes. Okay. So, we go back to 1907. We're in the London town of Clapham. Okay, so I've got a person now whose name's Monty. You're going to give me two years of his life. And he's a gentleman. Yes. But I don't know that yet. I'm only going by the title. Are you going to tell me if he's a gentleman? No. Okay. That's for the crowd to figure out. Okay. Even though he did say he's going to do a factual story of his life, which he will call a gentleman's guide. So maybe he's not a gentleman, but it's a guide for gentlemen. Yes. So or it depends he, how you see him. That's right. Or he considers himself something that he's not. Mm. You know, the free license to write whatever you want. So, Monty is mourning the loss of his mother, and he's visited by a strange woman whose name is Mrs. Shingle. First name? Uh, we don't get a first name for Mrs. Shingle. So, she was besties with Monty's mum, and they used to, like, exchange letters over the years. Okay. And we find out that Monty actually never met his dad as he died when Monty was very young. Classic story. Um, and Mrs. Shingle is like, well, have you ever been told about your mother's family? You know, the Dysquiths. And Monty's like, yeah, everyone's heard of, like, the Dysquith family, but, like, obviously I'm not related to them. And Mrs. Shingle sings the song, You're a Dysquith, and then tells him in this song that between you and the current Earl of Highhurst, there is eight people in line. And then he's like, but I can't be a Dysquith. And they're like, yeah, your mum fell in love with someone who the family didn't approve of, 
and because she wanted to be with him, they disowned her completely and gave her, like, no, they disinherited her, pretty much. Like, you can't get any of the titles or the money from the family. No castle fitting for her? No. Okay. No high hairs for her. Okay. Monty doesn't believe this because he's like, my mum was a washerwoman. She, I'm assuming she didn't act like an heiress. That's why he probably just doesn't believe it. Mrs. Shingle goes, well, then what was your mother's maiden name? And he goes, I've always been told that my father's last name is all that mattered. So then he's starting to add things to, like, add things in his head that he's like, wait, that would explain why she wouldn't tell me if this is the backstory of her. Okay. But we don't even know what his last name is. It's Navarro. Navarro. Okay. Okay. So he's now intrigued about the story that Mrs. Shingle. Yep. Is telling him. Okay. Because he's starting to be like... And this is after the death of his mother. Yeah. At the funeral? No. Long after. So just say, like, he's had the funeral in the morning. He's now at home in the afternoon. Okay, so it's at the wake. Yeah. He knew that Mrs. Shingle and his mum were friends and exchanged letters. So that's all the mum really went into about, like, who this lady is. So he's not like, whoa, who's this crazy stranger telling me this? She's like, oh, it's one of mum's friends. Yes, Mrs. Shingle. Yes. So, Mrs. Shingle was like, your mum never wanted you to know, but now she's dead. You know, I thought, I came up with the decision that I think you should know about your family tree. So, Mrs. Shingle has just decided to take this upon herself. Okay, so she didn't want to take it to the grave. She wanted to share it with him. Yeah, the mum didn't, but (laughs) Mrs. Shingle did. Her last dying wish was don't tell my son, but she doesn't care. Well, she's dead now. What does she know? (laughs) As I said, last dying wish. Yes, (laughs) circumstances have changed. (laughs) So he goes, hmm, wait a second, let me get into this box that mum's always had. Goes into it, there's letters that she's tried sending the dice with family, that's all been returned back. And then there is his birth certificate that says his name is, well his last name is Navarro hyphen Dicewith. So he's related to... So he is the son of the daughter of the grandson of the nephew of the second Earl of Highhurst. And I'm not going to be able to do that again. Go yep. say that again. So he's the son of the daughter. He's the son of a daughter. Who is the grandson. Well, hang on. No, who is the daughter of the grandson. So, so, no wonder I was confused. So who's the daughter of the grandson. So her dad is the nephew of the second Earl of Highhurst. So Monty sends a letter to the Dicequith family, introduces himself and is asking for them to give him a job. So what else do you do when you find out you're from a rich family? Well, apparently apparently when you find out you go begging. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's what I can well, say. At least he's asking for a job, not like, hey, give me money I'm but, a dice uh, with. So he goes to see his girlfriend, Sabella, and she's singing the song, I Don't Know What I'd Do, where she doesn't know what she would do like without Monty. Monty is like, hey, check out this new information about me and my lineage. And she goes, mm-hmm. I don't really believe that you could ever be the Earl if that's, like, your connection to, like, getting to it. So she's still kind of not really impressed because she's actually going to go on a date with a person who actually is rich, Lionel, and tells Monty, you know, she can't marry for love. She has to marry a man who is wealthy and can provide for her. Okay. So, Shabella. Sabella. Sabella is Monty's girlfriend. Yep. And she's literally just holding straight to his face... I'm going out with Lionel because he's rich. Yes. And Monty's... And that's acceptable. Yeah, because Monty's poor. Then why was she even his girlfriend? Because they still get together and stuff like that, but she can't marry until, for love. Until she found something else. Well, yeah, she's not oh, married for love. Okay. She's only married for money, and he's aware of that. Okay. So I didn't realise that she doesn't love mm. Monty. No, she loves Monty, but she doesn't love Lionel. No, I understand. Yeah. yeah, she loves... Monty, but Monty can't keep her in the way that she wants to be kept. Yeah. So, Monty receives a response from Asquith Dicequith Jr. He just straight up is like, no, no one knows who you are. No one knows who your mum is. So, we don't owe you anything. Don't contact us. Also, we will sue you if you try and use our name. Even though it's his name. Yeah. Even though it's literally on his birth certificate, but they're just refusing to acknowledge that. And so Monty sings the song Foolish to Think, where he says he's foolish to think that 
she would marry him, so Sabella would marry him with no money and foolish to think that he could be a die squid and possibly an earl one day. But you know what? He's not given up. Well, start of the show, but I hope not. <laughs> and that's the end of his memoir. <laughs> yeah, that's and then that's the murder. Yeah. <laughs> that's, thank that's you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So, so Monty sings a song about how foolish that he can... He's got a girlfriend... But it's foolish to think that she will marry him because she's, he doesn't have money? Yeah. So Monty decides to go and visit Highhurst Castle, but on like a visitor's day where they're just like giving open tours to the public. Okay. Do they charge to get in? Yes. He's got no money. I know. This is what he's spending. You wonder why Sabella is like, mm, maybe mm. not. <laughs> but he can go and visit rich people's houses. Yeah. He's not spending his money wisely. No. But he gets taunted by the spirits of his dice with ancestors who are like, you don't belong here. What are you doing here? Okay, so he's walked in past the graveyard of the Dyquist. This is in the house. He's getting... It's in the house? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, then we have Caspers running around. Yeah. Okay. And he goes like looking around that castle. He's like, oh, is there anything maybe like about my mum trying to see what he can get? Okay. Or a portrait or something. Yeah. His grandfather is some sort of relation, yes. So while he's like looking around, we see Lord Aldebert Dyesquip. And I don't know who he is. He's just just entered the book. He is the current Earl. Oh, the current Earl. Yeah. Okay. So how old is he? He's actually not that old, Aldebert. Okay. Yeah. So Lord Aldebert sings a song, I Don't Understand the Poor. This is because... (laughs) Fair enough, too. <laughs> because this is him seeing Monty, like, go around. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you looking around my house? And then he starts seeing how he doesn't understand why the poor are the way they are. Why are they so fascinated with the rich, huh? So Monty decides to be like, okay, maybe I don't go straight to the castle. You know what? I'm going to go visit the clergyman of the family. Obviously, they're a lot nicer than the guy who just sung about me being poor and how he doesn't understand why <laughs> the way I am. So he goes, visits Reverend Lord Ezekiel Dyesquip. A Dyesquip? And he's a Rev? Yeah. Okay. And he's got his own church on the grounds of the... Yeah. So he takes Monty on a tour of the church. And he's like, hey, you know, check out this church. And then Monty explains to the Reverend what he wants. You know, he wants to be acknowledged. He wants to be taken in by the family. And the Reverend's like, yeah, you know, I'm not really into that sort of stuff with the family which is probably why he decided to become a reverend he's not really into the family intrigue okay yeah he chose a different life not to be corrupted by the wealth that the others have shown yes i can live with that so while climbing the tower the reverend starts losing his balance like a big gust of wind so you remember las vegas when that girl was on the roof Yes, I was also thinking of the flying nun yeah. because it's clergy. <laughs> but if you want to go that way. Well, we go by the TV show Las Vegas where she's just on the roof and a big gust of wind just it blew, her blew her off and she goes into a storefront. Yes. Not that powerful, but enough that he's like, whoa, and like starts losing his balance. And then Monty sings the reprise of Foolish to Think where he's like, hey, if I let him fall, there's less people in my way to get to the top. Ooh. So he does. He lets him fall to his death. Because he's like, well, well, and he's like, oh, I could save him. He could but grab him and said, no, yeah. you're on your own. See if God's going to help you. Yep. And he falls to his death from the top of the church. But the priest was known for being inebriated. So people didn't really question the death at all. But did they know that Monty was with him? No. Okay. Got my worries about Monty now. <laughs> you want the guy writing a gentleman's guide to love and murder? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very out of character for him. (laughs) I'm starting to get a new character about him now. So you're surprised that the guy who's been told by the love of his life, I'll only marry you if you have wealth, that he has a chance to get closer to that wealth if he just lets man die, who he doesn't even know. Yes, but I can just see there's a long list of people who must die for him to get to the top of the uh, tree. Yes. Only seven more people now. Well, I don't know. See, I don't know if you could count the uh, the rev. I think that was just his taste to see whether he can do it, and now he has that taste that yes, he can take those next steps. It's just more if everyone died, he's like if if I left like the priest alive, 
they're obviously going to give it to the priest. But yeah, you make a good point. Like the priest even said he's not interested in that life. So Monty, he was no... No threat. Hmm. Yes. Well, it is Monty's story. Yeah. So let's see how Monty goes. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> after that, Monty goes back to his normal life. Um, he's... <laughs> Quite killing. <laughs> <laughs> not killing anyone at no. the moment. I thought that was the new norm. He's still kind of like thinking about how good life could be. Um, he learns that the one who replied to his letter and denied his existence, so Lord Asquith Dysquith Jr., has a mistress called Miss Evangeline Barley, who is a performer. And he is taking her away to a winter resort. So Monty decides to follow them to this winter resort. So the two lovebirds are having fun ice skating and we have the song Poison in My Pocket sung by Monty and he has a plan to poison the relative but as they're ice skating he's finding a really hard opportunity <laughs> to poison him so he comes up with a better idea so lucky for him he has a saw so he saws into the ice like a circle so that when the two lovers skate over it they fall straight into the icy water and drown. Because we always walk around with a big saw so we cut through ice when we go on holidays. Saw is always plan B if you've got poison in your Absolutely. pocket. Absolutely. Ingenuity. You know, <laughs> working on his feet. One to eight. Yeah. <laughs> right. he's, he's done well. Uh, I, again, he's killed an innocent. So I'm, I'm a bit disappointed about that part of it. The death toll's starting to get up, but uh, two innocents and one of the families. Well, over. to be fair... This is the one that said, we don't know who you are, we don't know you anything, we don't know your mum. But his girlfriend didn't say that. No, his girlfriend didn't. So that's the kind of vibe with the song. So it's a bit operatic. It sounded like the um, greatest showman. Yeah. <laughs> the story British was going song. so well until you put the music on. Yeah. The story so far is good. Yeah. So Monty receives a letter from Lord Asquith Dysquith Senior. So the one he just killed father. Okay, so that'd be number six. Yeah. Okay. He's still alive. Don't cross him off. <laughs> okay. Um, and so. he's like, I'm so sorry about how my son responded to you. Please come visit me at the castle. So Monty goes and visits and Senior is very upset about the accidental death of his son. As the murderer stands in front of him. Yeah. And he goes, you know what, like, with everything going on, how about I offer you a job as a stockbroker? Okay. And, like, we want you to start straight away. And Monty's like, uh, hell yeah, I accept your offer. And he goes off to tell Sabella. He's so excited. Sabella is like, great, cool. But also, I'm engaged to Lionel. That was, that was quick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Lionel is rich. Yeah, Lionel's rich. And Monty's just got a job. Yeah. And he thinks he's going to be rich enough to get Sabella. Sabella, but he's... he's a bit late on that. A very, yes. yes. So she sings the song Poor Monty and she's kind of feeling bad for breaking. Well, she is feeling bad that she like breaks his heart. So she doesn't love him anymore. She loves him, but she goes, you know, this is my only option to have a good life. And yes. then maybe he'll be able to find someone else who is good for him. And then Sabella is like impressed like about his new job like you know am i going to take that away from you i'm impressed and kind of reconsiders like hmm, maybe i could give monty another chance nah i'm going to keep getting married to lionel you're seeing the appeal of lionel especially maybe after hearing what monty's a bit like well he's, he's a bad sport yeah he gets upset easy <laughs> could be grieving his mom did die I, I just want to know how many people walk around with poisons in my bucket. Yeah, well, you came prepared. Yeah, well. It's a saw in the poppy you've got to be. That, 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 that's the one that's blowing me in <laughs> my head. I can't, I can't get through that. But, okay, so he's now got a job, which is really good. Yeah. Onwards and upwards for Monty. Yeah. So getting his new job doesn't stop Monty from wanting to kill his relatives. He goes to visit his distant cousin, Henry Dysquith. Okay, that'd be number five. Okay, so he's left number six because number six was nice to him and gave him a job. Yeah, he's like, we like number six. Yeah, okay. Well done. Um, so his cousin Henry, um, as he's like about to like go meet him, Henry's getting in a scuffle with like these other people and then Monty gets like involved and like even gets like punched in it. Helping Henry. Yeah, helping Henry. Yeah. 
he kind of picks up from Henry that Henry is married to a woman, but he is giving off some gay vibes. Um, Monty kind of uses to his advantage. But we have the song Better With A Man. Okay. So here, um, Monty is telling Henry, like, he's actually not even lying about who he is. He goes, hey, straight up, this is what happened to my mum. This is how I'm related to you, distant cousin. We find out that Henry is a beekeeper and he loves his bees and, like, is showing Monty, like, the bees. And Monty's, like, a bit unsure. He goes, don't be scared of a bee sting. That can't kill you. A hundred bee stings, maybe. So Monty has a little light bulb moment (laughs) when Henry says this. And um, he does some research and he finds out, oh, bees are attracted to lavender. That's interesting. So he goes and gets some lavender perfume, sprays it all over Henry's beekeeping outfit. So he also meets Henry's sister, Phoebe, who is also his cousin, technically. Phoebe is not in line because she's... She's married to the family? She's a female of the same generation, so not in line. Okay, so this is all male. No, there is a female as well, but if it's a different generation, she's included. Okay. Yeah. So Phoebe... Phoebe, just a relative. And so he tells Phoebe the backstory of his mum marrying for love and growing up poor. And then Phoebe sings a song, Inside Out, where she wishes you could be in a world where you are on the person inside without being judged for who the real person is. Because her being a dice with is probably judged heaps. While they're having this great conversation, we see Henry just a little bit on the side of the stage getting stung to death by bees. And Monty kind of starts getting some romantic vibes yeah. in his cousin. So Henry's dead. Henry's dead, yes. Henry's dead. Yeah. Okay. Another one bites the dust. So while he's getting stung by stung to death by bees. Are people helping him? No, this just happened to the circus. Okay. Phoebe and Monty are a bit further away because Monty can't be seen close to the crime scene. Okay. Well, got it worked out, yes. Yeah. And so he's getting romantically interested in his cousin. And royal incest was normal back then with distant cousins. And yeah, and she's no threat to him. So genuine interest. In okay, him. so they've both got a genuine likeness for each other. Yes. Okay. Yeah. A fondness towards each other. I think that was the word back then. As I said, this is doesn't mean that there are no women ahead of him. We have a philanthropist, Lady Hyacinth Dysquith. Okay. She's a girl. Yeah. She's unmarried and does all these Great things as a philanthropist, yeah. but just to look good in social circles. We have the song Lady Hyacinth Abroad, and Monty pretends to be someone from the foreign office and suggests all these places that she can go to to be a better person. Like, hey, why don't you go to Egypt to help the people there? But fails to mention that Egypt is actually currently going through an uprising where British people are not welcome. So she goes, she goes, excellent idea. Let's go do it. And comes back unharmed. Okay. Yeah. Help the poor. Yeah. Well done. He has another suggestion. Maybe go to India. Like, you know, there's some people who need help there. Fails to mention the risk of malaria and leprosy because he sends her to a leper village. Once again, she returns completely fine and alive. Monty's like, what the heck? Like, this is the hardest thing he's had to deal with so far. Um, So he also suggests... For her to go into the deep jungles of Africa where there are many tribes. But what does he fail to mention? The cannibal tribes. And this time she's reported missing and presumed dead. Third time lucky. Yeah. Oh, That's a long, long death, that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, the trouble is we don't even know she's dead. She's yeah, just she's missing. Presumed dead. Yes. Okay, yeah. so we'll circle around. Circle maybe. So while at work, Lord Asquith Dysquith Senior... So number six? Yep. Yep. Was like, whoa, with all these deaths, you know, you're actually getting close in line to the earlship. Earlship? Earlship, yes. Yeah. I think it's dawn on him that there are so many deaths going along and who's benefiting from all these. Well. And he's woken up to the fact. No. Well, he made mention of it, you just told me. Well, he goes, oh, it's so weird that, you know, all these people are dying and you know what, you're also doing a great job. Here, have a raise. Okay. Because, you know, you've shown a lot of loyalty to the family since you've been working for us. As a stockbroker. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really understand how stockbroking works with a royal family. I really don't, <laughs> I really don't know how a guy who never had a job <laughs> becomes a stockbroker. And he's and good at it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. 
<laughs> that was his calling, apparently. <laughs> you know, the only thing holding him back was mummy. Yeah. Fair enough. So, Monty is still seeing Sabella, even though she's married. Oh, so she married Lionel. She married Lionel, still sees Monty on the side. Okay. And she isn't quite happy being with Lionel as expected, and is very impressed by how far Monty has come. Then we see Monty go on to his next target. Major Lord Bartholomew Dysquith. Number two. So he was in the army, which is where the major comes from. So he's a bodybuilder. And so Monty is there like, all right, let me help you out with this bench press. And then, so while he's spotting him, Monty's like, what's that? You want more weights on? Okay. So Monty's putting on more weights and then he's just struggling more and more that the um, pole's getting closer. So what happens is, he drops the whole weight on his neck and is decapitated. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you must have dropped it from a great height. Well, he dropped it on himself. Yeah, I think we'd all... <laughs> you know, we'd ease it there, but... I... No. Okay, <laughs> See, it's Monty's story. Yeah, he, yeah true. Was it, dropped... a tri- was it a triangle bar? It was only a circle Yeah, bar. and the pointy bit was going to <laughs> that, That's what yeah, I'm... Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, then again, different bars for different eras. We don't know. They didn't have round bars or something. That's, yeah, that... this is research I didn't do on the types of bar. But okay. That makes sense as to how I can decapitate him. Have you crossed him off? Major what? Lord Bartholomew. Well, he was only in there for a short time. Yeah. A little bit disappointing. Oh, He's a bodybuilder and he dies by his own exercise. Yeah. So, while still mourning the death of her brother, Phoebe is consoled by Monty and she's starting to fall for him. So, that's just like our little side stories going on. Monty's still seeing Sabella, but also falling for another woman and vice versa. So, now we've got four people in a triangle, not even a triangle, in a rectangle now. Well, Lionel doesn't know any of this is going on. Yeah, but he's still part of Sabella's life. So, they're all linked. Yeah, they're all linked. Okay. We are then introduced to Lady Salome. Dice with. And she would be number four. Yeah. Okay. So she is an actress and allegedly a horrible one. Okay. <laughs> Monty's <laughs> words, not mine. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't know about Monty's words. <laughs> <laughs> so she's performing in a play and at the end of the play, her character shoots herself at the end. So Monty goes, well, this is easy. Real bullets in the gun. Actually shoots herself. The crowd thought it was the best performance she's ever done. Everyone gets up and claps. Best death scene they've ever seen. Yeah. Absolutely. They're like, damn, I thought this bitch was bad. Allegedly, we got told that she was a bad actress. Never seen a death like that before. Yeah. Bravo, bravo. (laughs) (laughs) Did I do one course? (laughs) Well, not this time. (laughs) Um, So Lord Asquith Senior is like, Monty, whoa. I think there's a curse on the family. And Monty is kind of like, all right, so there's two people between me and what I want. So that's Asquith Senior. Yeah. And Lord Alderbert, which is the one who said, I don't understand the poor, the current Earl. So now there's only two people, six and one left. Yeah. I think he, he might be right there with you said, our family could be cursed. Yep. So Monty is like thinking, yeah, well, there's two people between me and what I want. But I actually kind of really like Lord Asquith Senior. Do I don't know what to do? Like, do I keep trying to go on my mission or like enjoy this opportunity he's given me to live a good life? <laughs> okay. But while he's doing all this pondering, Lord Asquith Senior dies of a heart attack. Natural, not natural causes, but like with no, nothing from Monty at all. Okay. So his best friend that he, the friend that he made. In the family, yeah. Has left him. Yeah. He died. Does he feel sad about Monty's this like, oh, that's sad. And then goes, oh, that's it. She's going home. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's it. well, this is really sad. Now there's only one more person in the way. Yeah, one more person. So Lord Alderbert. So the one who sung earlier about, I don't understand the poor. And that's the end of Act 1. <sighs> yeah, okay. I know, I guess you weren't expecting that much murder. No, I think we've killed seven people. Well, plus his mother is eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eight, eight people have been killed in the first half. What about all the bees? They die once they sting someone. Well, now we've got 100 bees as well. Yeah. Oh, it's just murder everywhere. Mm-hmm. How could this play even be made? 
realistically. Or it's time as well. Well, it'd have to be rated R. Yeah. I, I just couldn't see it being any other way. I'm actually, you know, hot over it because there's so much death in it. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do, whether I... Would I go back and see the second half? That's the question. But I know now know there's one person left. And I know one of them has to fight back because you just can't have one person doing this. And I want to see someone fight back. But there, there's actually still five characters left. And that's where it comes interesting. Monty wants to get there, but he still has these other four characters. Well, he's part Which of the Which he's board. writing about, yeah, yeah. Yeah, plus the Lord. So it'll be interesting. All right, you ready on to Act 2? Act 2. All right. So after the funeral of Lord Asquith Sr., so this is after the guy who had the heart attack, we have the song, Why Are All the Dicequith Dying? Where the townsfolk are kind of really sick of going to Dicequith funerals. They're like, why do they keep dying? Like, I'm sick of it. And Lord Aldebert is now also scared that maybe the Dicequith are cursed and obviously he's the next to die. So we see Monty and Sabella and he's singing the song Sabella where he acknowledges that he sees her flaws, which is that she's a bit materialistic and prefers a life of wealth than for love. But damn, that's not going to stop him from wanting to be with her. He asks what Sabella would do if he were to marry someone else. She says if he marries for love, she would forbid it. But if he marries for self-interest, fine. You know, she's, she understands and accepts that. Okay, yeah. So yeah. she's not a hypocrite, no, no. you know? And then she goes, while I've got you here, Monty, um, Lionel kind of actually wants to be a politician, so if you could just pull some strings. The stockbroker is now pulling strings for a politician. This guy has really jumped up in the world. <laughs> well, Monty goes, I don't know. Like, I'll see what I can do. So while they're talking about this, they're interrupted by a knock at the door. Who could it be? Phoebe. So Monty is like, uh, oh, shit. I could hide you away, Sabella, because Sabella's a married woman. She can't really be seen with a bachelor. It looks bad. So Phoebe comes in and she's singing the song, I've Decided to Marry You, where she tells Monty, you know what? I've decided to marry you. And I know what you're thinking. Did Monty propose? No. So she's decided on her own free will, but there could be two things. She's seen Monty rise. Yeah. Okay. So, and she actually loves Monty. Monty doesn't love her. Monty likes her a lot. He does. But doesn't love her. I feel like he's conflicted with how he feels about Sabella. Like, is he only going to Phoebe just because Sabella's with someone else? You've got that thing. Like, is she only convenient for now? Yes. If there was no Lionel, would it be different? Exactly. Okay. And because he's not he's not a murderer, he's... Lionel. Monty. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's just been bad luck in the family. Yeah, yeah. From what I can see. Yeah, he's suffered through horrible losses. Correct. His family is dying. His mum and then the rest of his family he only just found out about? They're all dying in front of him. Yeah. I I do feel sorry. So he must be really suffering. And now he's got the conflict of loving, almost loving two women at the same time. And now he's got them in the same house. Together. Yeah. Um, Sabella's like... Here's a visitor's like, oh, maybe it's just family business. And Monty is trying to have talk to one. And then Sabella's kind of getting restless in the other room. He's like to Phoebe, you know what? I'm happy to marry you. And then she goes, oh, that's great. He goes, cool, cool. All right, you can leave now. I'm going to marry you. Bye, bye. Gets her out. And then Phoebe's like, not Phoebe, Sabella. And comes down and like questions like what, like what was all that about? And Monty lies and says, Oh, it's nothing. She just wanted to sell something of her dead brothers, you know. Nothing to worry about, Sabella. Just her cousin. Okay. So Monty's lying now. So we are then on a harbour and a boat has just come. And who is it? Titanic. Lady Hyacinth. Ah! She's returned. Yes. I always... I had a circle on her. Yep, yep. No foot, yeah. No, no body, mate. If there's no body, they can always come back. And Monty's there. And Monty's like, what the fuck? Like, she just does not die. And um, not to worry, though. Monty... <laughs> he has a plan. He has a plan. <laughs> okay. uh, Monty manages to cut the supports of the plank that she's walking to try and go back onto the harbour. And she just falls straight into the water and drowns as she's disembarking. So no one jumped in to save her. There were no sailors around. 
again, he just had a saw. Yeah, he manages to get <laughs> this that I'm sure was in place quite well. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's walked the plank. Walking it. Yeah. yeah. Falls in. Oh, okay. Drowns. Okay, so it didn't break. She wobbled. I don't he, know. He cuts the support of it. So he the cut plank, it again. Where, yeah, so where's he getting his sword from? <laughs> well, you don't just carry around one with you? We've used one. How many do you carry? Well, why can't you use the same one? Well, because he's a stockbroker. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's a questionable, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's an amazing man. Yes. Yeah. I think he's like one of those magicians. Look at this. I pull a rabbit out. Look at this. I pull a saw out. Yeah. <laughs> and the amazing thing is no one saw him cut it. No, no one did. He managed but, to yeah. sneakily do it. So the boat's landed. They've put the plank out. They go... Let's go away for 10 minutes. And he's gone, oh, they're all gone away. <laughs> Just a little bit. Somehow, then. as she's walking on the plank as well. So yep. she's managed to not see it while she's walking on it. And she's the first person off the boat. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So no one tests it now. Wait. Well, well, I, will, well I will now. I'm sure it's different health standards now. <laughs> health and safety. Yeah. Okay. They've probably got guardrails too. Yeah, they're, they're like, this This is what the guide is for, how to avoid murder. Well, I'm disappointed that she came back not to even reach land again. Yeah. That's, that's sad. But she's actually dead this time. Yeah, I've put a cross through <laughs> She's, she's yeah. gone. This literally scene of like her coming on like the boat is like... 40 seconds or something. It's like, Lady Hyacinth has returned. Hi, hi. Uh, Lady Hyacinth is now dead. And that's the scene <laughs> after that's all been done. The quickest death? Yeah. Drowning death? I don't know. Unbelievable. <laughs> Even Jack lasted longer and yeah. he was on the plank. <laughs> Just the door. Yeah. Well, Already in the water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a head start. Gosh. Hyacinth. That's, that's sad. Yes. <laughs> I was hoping she was going to be my saviour. Yeah, like maybe at the end or something like that. Yes, I was hoping. But at least I had it that she came back. So I'm glad we can give her a funeral. So we see Lord Adalbert and his wife, Lady Eugenia. Um, It's very obvious they don't really like each other. So I'm assuming this was a betrothal and that's why they don't like each other and still married. Classic royal issues. Don't have to like them. So, Monty and Phoebe have been invited to the castle, and so was Sabella and Lionel. Okay, the four. Yeah. Yeah, and they're going up to meet the lady and the lord. Yeah. So, everyone arrives except for Lionel. Lionel was invited, but Sabella's like, you know, he was unable to attend. He's got other engagements. Okay. Should we take that as gospel? Was he ever invited? Yeah, he was invited. He was invited. Yeah. So, and he wants to be a politician. So that's... Yeah, which this, I guess, somehow would have been his way of becoming one. So I don't know how serious Lionel's really taking this. So Lord Aldebert does the toast to celebrate the engagement of Phoebe and Monty. Okay, so Phoebe and Monty are now engaged. Yeah, they're officially... Savella didn't know that, did but now know she that knows. Until now, yeah. And Ooh. while Lord Aldebert is doing this toast, he kind of goes a bit off track and starts shit-talking Monty's mum. The dead mother? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So they all kind of leave, but we're left with Monty and Sabella, and she goes like, what the fuck? Like, when were you going to tell me you were engaged? And they have a bit of a fight where it's kind of like, why do you care? This is what you said I should do, kind of thing. And I'm doing nothing that you're not doing. Yeah. And, like, they both still love each other, but he's not going to break it off, especially while Sabella's still married to Lionel. Like, what's the point? So we then see everyone at the dinner table, and we see the host, so the lady and the lord, just bickering at each other, making everyone uncomfortable. And then we see Mrs. Shingle. She's back. Turns out she's been a maid for the dice squids for the last, like, 40 years. Oh, she's been, like, a spy. Yeah. The tell... Monty's mother, what's been going on? Yeah. Oh. But she's just a housemaid. Yes. No relation at all? No relation, no. She's not in line for anything. No. Okay. Just a friend of Monty's mum. Yeah. So she would have known Monty's mum from when she was younger. Yes, because they're around the same age. Yeah. Okay. And so that's how she's been able to keep in touch. Uh, Yeah, because she was part of the family, left because of love. Yeah. 
but she's kept her job there. Okay. And then they've kept their friendship going as well. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> so Monty sings the reprise of Poison in My Pocket because he's wants to poison Lord Alderbert, but, you know, he's kind of surrounded by a lot of people, not just the people at the dinner table, but the staff that is also surrounding them. Does he just want to use his poison? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he spent his money. Really like he... I've, I've had it in my pocket. Yeah, right. It's not left. <laughs> I haven't had a chance. Yes. Okay. So, now that he's got his poison and he's singing his song about his poison in his pocket, do any of them hear him sing this song? No, this is like an inner monologue song. Okay. So, um, Lord Alderbert goes into his experience in the Boar War. Is that how you say yeah. it? B-O-E-R. The Boar War. Yeah. And he sings a song looking down the barrel of a gun. This gives Monty an opportunity to put poison in his dessert. So Lord Albert's like drawing everyone's attention away with like he's flailing a gun telling his war stories. So Monty's quickly gone over and just Lord Albert goes, you know what, I don't want this dessert. Sabella, you have it. Go on, eat it, eat it. And Monty goes, no, and just like knocks it away from Sabella and stops her from eating the poison. Whoa. Very close one, huh? Well, there's two things. Savelle, you're too fat. You don't need any more <laughs> Well, Savelle did decline at first. Okay. And she goes, oh, no, Lionel wouldn't like me. If I, if I gain an ounce, you know, he'll be unhappy. Okay. And then Lord Alderbird's like, cool, like, I care. I don't want this dessert. Fucking eat the dessert. Yes, don't let it waste. Yeah. Okay. And then Monty just knocks it away. So he's wasted his poison. Yes. <laughs> but... He gets given an opportunity. Albert's like, hey, let's reenact this thing that happened to me at the war here. Let me give you this loaded gun. And you be the valet that betrayed me in the Boer War. So he's like, go on, aim it at me. And Monty's like looking at the crowd and he's like, you know, this is an opportunity to do what I want to do. But before he does that, Alderberg goes, all right, let's do this. Takes a drink from a cup and then like dies because that drink was poisoned. Not from Monty. Oh. Yeah. Because Monty did the dessert. Yeah. He didn't put poison in the cup. Okay. Which now, two possibilities to get to the top. So, the Lord's dead. That only leaves Monty and... So, Monty is now the Earl of Highhurst. But Monty got there without doing anything. Yeah. Oh, sorry. To the top. Okay. So, now we have these... Four other people who are possibilities. Yeah, the other people who were there at the dinner. Okay. Which is the only one who would think that is Monty. like Because he knows what he's done. Yeah, he knows, well, that wasn't me. Yeah. He marries Phoebe. Yes. I don't think I'd marry into this family. <laughs> well, Phoebe's like, oh, maybe if I marry him, maybe the curse won't be on me. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> so at the... So she becomes a lady. Yeah. Phoebe's a lady now. Monty's a lord. Yes. The Earl of Highness. Earl, sorry. Yeah. So at the wedding, he is met by Chief Inspector Pinknett from Scotland Yard. Now, now we've got the police involved. Yeah. And his name is? Chief Inspector Pinknett. The inspector is there to arrest Monty for a murder. A murder. A murder. Okay. So we have the song, Stop, Wait, What? Where Monty is like, okay, okay. Which murder? And he's trying to think of which ones could be traced back to him. He goes, well, he didn't kill Albert, so he wanted to, didn't. Couldn't be the cousin because, you know, he wasn't even there when it happened with, like, the beastings. Was it the hole in the ice? Was that obvious it was him? Did anyone even know he was there? He doesn't think he was seen at the harbour. And for the actress, it could have easily been anyone in the cast because no one really liked her. And maybe people knew that he visited the Reverend. Did they see him at the weightlifting hall? Like, they're just trying to figure out, like, in his head. He's, so. he's done so many murders, he's, he can't think of which one he's going to be charged, possibly charged with. Yeah. The Chief Inspector says that it was for the murder of Lord Alderbert. So the one he didn't I kill. didn't do. Yeah. And Monty's like, okay, but I didn't do that one. Like, as Alanis Morrissey will say, it's... Ironic when the person you don't murder is the one you're arrested for. Yeah, I, yeah, I get done for the crime I didn't do. Yeah, so he pleads not guilty. Um, it was determined. So they all know Lord Alderbert was poisoned. Kind of obvious since he died straight after drinking a liquid. In the court, those who were at the castle are giving evidence of like what happened. Their accounts. So some of the things they're saying do like back him up. They're like, 
he wasn't near any of the drinks. But then also some of the other things they're saying, they're like, yeah, he was talking shit about his mum, like just giving a toast. Like That's right, the Lord was giving the shit about his mum. Yeah, and then Sabella's even giving evidence as well and he goes, you know, that family treated his mum like shit and all this reasons why Monty should kill him. And it's like, you're not helping me, Sabella, just because you're making them out look like bad guys, you're making me, giving me a motive. He's getting all circumstantial evidence. So it's got to be, like, dumb if they convict him, just based on circumstantial evidence. So in jail, he makes conversation with, like, the cleaner there that night. He's getting his judgment the next day from the jury. And we have Chauncey, who's the cleaner. Fun fact, also a dice whip. Chauncey? Yeah. Chauncey's... Who was expelled from the family? His dad was like the black sheep and did the same thing as Monty's mum did. Uh, and he goes, I may not have the advantage of being a dice squith in any way, but I also don't have their troubles either, which is good. Which, yeah, little does Chauncey know what the troubles it is being a dice squith around Monty. Yes. Now he's just opened himself up and said, I'm part of that family, so now there's another hurdle for him to become the Lord again. But well, he is the Lord. Yeah, he is the Lord, so he's not a hurdle. So he's like, well, nice to meet you, Chauncey. And they, like, shake hands. So a dice with he doesn't want to kill. Yet. Growth. <laughs> well, well. You, you could and possibly, that's on character growth. <laughs> you could possibly say it's growth. Yeah. But how is he going to kill him? He doesn't have poison in his pocket. He's in jail. Yeah, they took the poison. <laughs> so, that's uh, how they knew it was him. <laughs> so he survived because he doesn't have his saw and he doesn't have his poison. Yeah. Yeah, I just found him out. So he's like, hmm. Yes. Okay. So Phoebe visits him in jail. Yes, his wife now. Yep, Phoebe yes. now his wife. Yep. And she thinks he's innocent. And her biggest concern isn't whether he's a murderer or not. Anyway, it's Sabella. She's like, you know, I kind of got some vibes. Like, are you guys like into each other? Are you in love with him? And he takes ages to answer. Like, he's thinking about what he's going to say. So she just takes his silent as a yes and just leaves upset. And this is where he concludes writing his memoir. So we go back to where we are at the start of the show. 1909. Yeah. So this has all happened over the last two years. So he goes like, you know, whatever the judgment tomorrow will be the rest of my story. Closes it. That's like his memoir. We then see Sabella who's talking to the inspector from Scotland Yard. And Phoebe's over here talking to the judge. And they're both accusing the other woman of actually doing the poisoning. And this is all through the song, That Horrible Woman. And they both have forged a confession from the other woman as well. So the inspector and judge are like, you're never going to believe this. They're like, no, you're never going to believe what I found out. And they're like, huh, wait. So they're like comparing confessions. They swap talk to each of the different ladies. And they're like, we can't arrest one and let the other one go. And we can't find one guilty or else the other one has to be innocent. But we don't think they're both innocent. But it makes Monty innocent. Yeah. So this is enough reasonable doubt to let Monty go. So Monty is released. No one. No one's charged. Well, Monty was charged. Monty was charged, but, but he they was. They haven't actually found the real killer yeah. of the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it is revealed that Sabella and Phoebe actually planned this together. Yes. To get Monty out of jail. And then he goes, ah, yes, jail. That's where I left my memoir that has his confessions of everything that he's just done. But lucky for him, there was a guard who's like, Monty, like you left this in the jail. <laughs> you don't want to be losing this, do you? And he's like, phew. Um, and also now Phoebe and Sabella are kind of happy to be in a three-way relationship with Monty. There's still more to come because Lionel hasn't reappeared. Yet you're saying that Phoebe and... Sabella. Sabella and Monty are close. We just say the word close. But where's Lionel? So I'm it's assumed that I guess Sabella and Lionel got divorced. That she's completely fine to be with them. Okay. It's a thruple. Okay, so Lionel's out of the picture now. Yeah. And survived. Yes. Whew. We never see Lionel. So we don't know if he survived. Yeah. Well, we don't even know if he ever existed either. 
That's not a twist. That's just. I'm <laughs> just saying we never saw the character. Yes, but he did ask Monty to help him with the politics. No, she asked. She, so she did. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that could be an end to a story. It could have been a good end where she goes, I just made up Lionel to see if you'd be better and push you to do something better about your life. Yes. And then he goes, I just killed eight people. <laughs> the guard has returned the memoir and doesn't question anything about it. He goes, oh, well, here you yeah, go. Didn't read it. It was yeah, his yeah, book. Yeah, completely respectful. Monty wonders, who killed Lord Aldebert? And then we find out it was Mrs. Jingle. Okay. So what does Monty owe her a debt? No. Well, Monty doesn't. still doesn't know it. He just wonders it. Us as the crowd has like Mrs. Shingle that's like, oh, it was me. So only the crowd knows that it's her. Oh, because she said it to the crowd. Yeah. Know, the audience. Yeah. Oh, the person, the one person they didn't think of, but the one person who had access, who was serving the meals and had access to all of them. Yeah. Good twist. So what have I learned? Yeah. Don't walk on planks. Don't walk on planks. Don't, don't ice skate in lakes. Don't eat dessert or take drinks from strangers. Weightlift? Well, that was never going to happen anyway. Okay, yeah, that's so, cute. That was never a worry. <laughs> that was never going to happen. And, don't, and I'll, I'll never keep bees. Yeah. So besides that, I think I would like to see it if the music was a bit more upbeat. There's still more to come. So as the show is coming to an end... We see Chauncey just a little bit, and he starts singing, I've got poison in my pocket. Because Chauncey, obviously, intending to maybe poison Monty. Because now he knows. Yeah. But by the end of the curtain call, so the crowd's all clapping, like, whoa, great work, everyone, all the actors. And at the end, Monty gives Chauncey a little poisonous flower, and Chauncey's like, thanks. Eats the flower, and then Chauncey's, like, dying as he goes off stage. So the last one. And that's the end of the show. That's A German's Guide to Love and Murder. A lot of murder. Yep. I don't know that there's a lot of love in there. I'm disappointed I don't know what happened to Lionel. Where Mrs. Shingle, she gets no benefit out of this. Does she still work for Monty now that he's the Lord? I reckon she would. Because she's been working at the car. Like, doesn't matter how long Elderbert's been there. She's been working for the family. Yeah. Yeah. So she would still have the same job, even though she's a murderer. So how many murderers did we have? We know Monty's a murderer, Shingle's a murderer, is that it? And the bees are murderers. The bees are murderers. So your thoughts on it? <sighs> Pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's a comedy. <laughs> comedy musical. I, I haven't seen the comedy in that. You showed me no comedy. It's a lot of physical comedy, like the getting killed by bees, like on the next stage and like, I'm soaring, I've got poison in my pocket. Okay, so visually, it's a lot better than yeah. verbally, as yeah. we just the discussed. The comedy, it. yes. Okay, because what, the way you told me, it was very intense. Very it, intense. I can see how it can seem like a very serious kind of Shakespearean tragedy <laughs> kind of story. Well, I think this is more beyond Shakespeare. <laughs> you know, this, this, is, this has really got some deep, dark areas involved in it especially where you don't trust your family mm. so, but to say it's a comedy no <laughs> i'm sorry okay <laughs> so the awards that it won okay so at the 2014 tony awards it won best musical okay what was it against it's good to say that it won but if it was against nothing if it was against Greece, big deal <laughs> 2014 tony's also had aladdin after Midnight and Beautiful, the Carol King musical. So it was against, you know, a musician. Yeah. A make-believe character in Aladdin. And what was the other one? After Midnight. Which is, you know, who's up after that? So you wouldn't want to see it. No, I wouldn't want to see it. Wouldn't want to see it. It's too intense for you. Yes, it's too intense. It has an ending which, yes, it has had a bit of a surprise. It's not the surprise I was anticipating which is good because it threw me off balance but i was just disappointed that my mate lionel i thought he would have had a bigger play in it yeah because he's a central character of the love parts and i was really really sad that he didn't come into it i'm just concerned about the size of the set yeah i don't know how they could put it off or pull it off in the um cinema oh sorry in the theater the music 
it's not mine. Yeah, the music, I feel the same way. Yes. I like, I'll enjoy it in the show, nothing beyond that. Yes, I, I'm not going to race out and put it in for my car yeah. and sing along to it. It just doesn't grab me. But as it plays straight out, I think it has potential. I really think it could possibly, you know, done the right way, could gather some awards. <laughs> well, it did win Best Musical, Best Book, Best Direction and Best Costume Design at the 2014 Tony Awards. Okay, so it's won all those awards and it hasn't been to Melbourne. It was in Melbourne in 2018. 2018, okay. Yeah. Should we go and see it if it ever returns? Yes, we should. Okay. Thank you, Heath, for joining me, Bob. You're most welcome, Cassandra. It's a pleasure. And thank you for you know enlightening me on what musical theatre is all about. Guarantee I'll listen to your podcast. Not this one, but all the others, because I am starting to learn a lot more and appreciate a lot more about your podcast about drinks and theatre. Thanks for listening to Drinks and a Show. Stay up to date with what's going on by following us on our social media pages on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at Drink Show Pod. We have new episodes that come out on Tuesdays and even do little sneak peek poster reveals leading up to those new episodes to get you hyped and excited about it. Thanks, everyone. Bye.